Welcome back to the Outer Bubble podcast, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. My name's Rachel Peru. I started a new career as a model age 46 and now find myself as an international model, modeling lingerie, fashion, beauty, and I'm now 51. I would never have imagined that I'd have the confidence to do this because I didn't have it in my 20s and 30s. I've come across so many other women in midlife who are stepping out of their comfort zones, stepping out of their bubbles, and going on to enjoy and feel fulfilled in this next chapter in life. So I hope that by sharing these stories, they will inspire you to do the same. What's stopping you? Time to step out of the bubble. Welcome back to a new episode of Out of the Bubble podcast. My name is Rachel Peru, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favourite subjects, lingerie. Today I'm joined by Emma Parker, who is the founder of Playful Promises, and last year I had the absolute privilege of joining their Ageless Fashion campaign. I love the fact that she's really including the older women into the lingerie industry conversation, which is so important. We have so much to talk about today, so I can't wait to get stuck in talking to Emma. Grab a coffee and enjoy. So good morning, Emma. Thank you so much for joining out the bubble. I am I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you this morning. How are you? I'm very good, Rachel. It was really nice to uh, be here. I've got this weird feeling that we've already met before. Obviously, you do the pictures for us. Yes. And so you feel really you feel really familiar because I've obviously looked at those pictures a lot of times. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I've got my I'm, I'm in my I'm fully clothed today, not just in my lingerie, although I was tempted <laughs> to show up in one of your nice sets. <laughs> so I, I've already done your introduction, but how do you introduce mm-hmm. yourself to people? Um, how do I introduce I'm just Emma. Just a little old Emma, <laughs> but uh, I suppose if I'm being being former, uh, like in a work setting, I say I'm Emma, the founder of Playful Promises, a sort of inclusive lingerie brand I started about 17 years ago now. And we have got so much to cover because I know it's a subject that both of us are really passionate about. And, you know, last year for me, the highlight of my year was doing the, the Asia Fashion Campaign. So I can't wait to get onto that conversation. But let's start at the beginning because, you know, your background originally was in law. So how did you make that move yeah. from that to lingerie? What created the inspiration for that? Well, I did a law degree because it was a sensible thing to do. Yeah. And... Um, I was the first person in my family ever to go to university. And so I was like, I wanted to do something that seemed very steady. Um, and I was always quite academic at school. But then the reality was, once I'd actually done this law degree, it's a great degree to do, and it was really interesting. Mm. I was like, being a lawyer would be a really great job for someone else, <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just quite a creative person. And I've just really always loved underwear since like since I was 18. And I thought I was sort of first become aware of my sexuality. I just really loved dressing up. And I just... I saw there was a gap in the market for, um, at the time, there was like Asian Frocketeur, which was very expensive and very design-led and really cool. And then there were brands like Anne Summers, which were kind of sexy and much more affordable, but not so interesting design-wise. And so I wanted to do something that um, was in a more affordable price bracket, but that was also more led by design, because I kind of felt like it was missing in the market. And then I also felt that... um, we should be more inclusive and that um you know when I was growing up models kind of all look quite the same mm. they're all pretty young and very slim which is you know it, it's a it's a body type which is just as valid as all the other yeah body absolutely type. yeah but I just felt as a brand uh, you know especially as um, you know lingerie is such a intimate and such an expressive thing I just wanted to do something that was more 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 inclusive of and felt 
more people felt like they could be part of our sort of our community. And I'm also a full of bus bra wearer myself. And so it was quite annoying for me how limited some of my choices were with um, sort of sexier underwear. Because there's some really good brands that do full of bust um, for, you know, good everyday bras. Yeah. You know, like you've got your Freyers and your Brevis and Mo's and but they're not very sexy. But mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're good. They're good. Like you're going to work and you want a nice, sensible bra. They're, yeah. they're good. But yeah. in terms of like dressing up and being a bit, you know, sexy, frilly, strappy, sort of bondagey, you know, all that sort of more exciting stuff. Yeah. There really isn't many. Well, it's very, it's very hard to find those types of bras. Yeah. In the in the bigger cup sizes. Absolutely, I hear you. I mean, I'm a 34G, and you know that's something that I really struggled with. And, and actually, yeah. but I didn't start wearing really nice lingerie until I was in my 40s because I didn't really have the body confidence in my 20s and 30s. And it's interesting that kind of mm. historically the lingerie industry hasn't really catered for the older woman in that mm. way whereas you have really kind of embraced that and, and encouraged it how important is it to you to represent older women is it something that's kind of developed as you've got older oh it's definitely developed as I've got older it's always been important like mm. you know I, I have a you know a, a mum yeah. <laughs> and um, aunties and things and uh, you know how women talk and I'm pretty sure my mum had sex I'm here yeah um you know what I mean so I was quite you know I sort of never always had the idea that uh, sexuality wasn't something that stopped when you got to like 28 magically mm. um it was something that sort of would be with you throughout your life even though you know you'll see you might change and your body confidence might change and your hormones will change throughout your life it's still part of your identity even when you're in your 40s 50s 60s um maybe even older I don't know let's hope um, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's important and then it's the it's quite interesting for me because when I started this brand, I was only 28 and now I'm 45. And so it's, it's, it's sort of interesting for me. One, I, I, I obviously love the products that I make and I wear them all the time and I still feel like they're the right product for me. Yeah. And then I'm just like, well, I never see people even my age and I'm 45 wearing in adverts. Yeah. And so yeah, it is important to me. And it's partly because I'm obviously getting older. I'm, I'm more open to through my personal experience. But I'd say I was always quite open to it just because I've got a very open relationship with like the kind of the generation above me and my family. Yeah. And I think it's that's the thing. It's so important to for us to be represented so that we can a show the younger generation below us that there's nothing to be scared of and that we can still yeah. rock and wear sexy lingerie and feel good in our bodies. Yeah. And also to kind of look up to the generation above us and recognize that they're probably still doing that and they still need that too, but they just don't get yeah. seen. Why do you think it's so difficult for women in society still once they get to an older age to feel comfortable expressing it publicly and, and, and getting recognised as showing our sensuality? It's a difficult one. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I think there's a few different reasons, because I was obviously thinking about this yesterday, yeah. now I was going to speak to you. I think there's a little bit of old-fashioned misogyny in there. You know, like, <laughs> you have to watch, like, films, and you it's like you have all these men cast to, like, between 40 and 60, and they're all married to on-screen characters who are, like, 28 and you're like yes. really <laughs> yeah. so I think it's just you know sort of uh, perhaps a representation issue and then secondly I was thinking about fashion and one of the things that drives fashion is sort of always newness and maybe sort of newness is kind of inherently associated with youngness by accident and um, so I think that could be one factor on it and that we need to uh, think about 
how innovation can be driven by people at any time in their life and it doesn't have to be youthful. Yeah. And then thirdly, I think there's something actually, this is a bit morbid, sorry, but I feel like as a society, we are very bad at dealing with our mortality. Mm. And I feel like that there's, there's perhaps something in there that is stopping us from embracing older people and older women in yeah. in in society. Yesterday, actually, I'm thinking my notebook out. I actually got a little interesting statistic, and apparently, by 2030, the anti-aging industry is going to be worth 421 billion. Wow! <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. I think that does say something about how we, as a society, we we need to maybe think about life cycles and how aging is actually a, a natural part of that. Yeah. And they were actually living to be much long, much older generally on average. So yeah, I think there's a whole, there's, there's lots of different things to unpick. But another really interesting statistic I came across yesterday was apparently, and there's, this, there's an organisation called the International Longevity Centre. Yes. And they reckon, oh, yeah, oh, you, you know them, they, yeah, I hadn't come across them before and they had some interesting stuff. And they were saying that they reckon that if the fashion industry doesn't get on board with the fact that, you know, people over 28 want to buy fashionable things, they, they're standing to lose about 11 billion of revenue over that period. Which is just ridiculous, isn't it? It's just yeah. ridiculous that the, the marketing is still not caught up with the actual figures. Yeah, no, no, I thought it was just such a, you know, it's just such a big number. It's just like, why on earth wouldn't you be wanting to to, to interact with these customers and, yeah. and, you know, and for them to be part of your community? Yeah. So tell us about the kind of inspiration behind the Ageless Fashion Campaign. Because you started that back in 2017, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do it every year. We just did it because you just never see older women wearing underwear in campaigns, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. It was, it was, and I saw, I was actually on um, Facebook and I saw these really cool pictures of a, a woman who was like, I'm not sure how old she was, but I'd say she was somewhere between 70 and 80. Mm. And she was a bodybuilder. And she was riding a bicycle. I yeah. It's quite a famous person to the photo. I can't remember the name of it. But when I saw this photo, I, I sort of reposted it onto my personal social media, mm-hmm. just to like, what, what a cool woman. And so many people responded to it. And it sort of got me thinking that, well, this is imagery that people want to see. And it's quite interesting how many younger people responded to it and how yeah. many younger people also responded to the ageless campaign when we put it on our social media, because they want to... It makes them, I think, feel good that they can that this that there there isn't a there isn't a time when their sexual sexual expression yes. has to stop. Yeah, they, they you know seeing it's like seeing other role models. It's like oh well, I'm going to still be able to be you know interested in fashion and sexual yeah. expression when I'm older. Absolutely, and I do think yeah. it's quite often you see, and, and I've been actually really lucky, but I do know other women that have done lingerie posts on social media, and then other women have jumped in and judged them for it and said, you know, you're too old, we don't want to see that kind of thing. And I do think that's that fear of the aging, and it's their own insecurities yeah. that's coming projecting. out, projecting, yeah. yeah, which is really sad. And it's going to take, I don't know what it's going to take to shift that, but hopefully mm. campaigns like yours will We'll start that. What kind of feedback did you get from that over the years? And has it really, have you seen an increase in sales, for instance, through targeting an older generation? Uh, Definitely. So interestingly, so if we break down the demographics on our e-com, for us, our biggest demographic is 24 to 35. Does that sound right? No, it must be 25 to 34. Then the next biggest demographic is the 35 to 44. Then the next demographic is the 10 years above that. And then our smallest demographic is actually the 18 to 24 year olds. 
Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the models you see in underwear, I mean, some of it's probably our price point. You know, our bras are not, they're, they're not boohoo misguided prices. They're yeah. you know, well-made bras that sell, you know, between like 25 and sort of 50 pounds. Um, so some of that will be related to price point and quality of product. And so, yeah, I think it's really interesting that the, the young people you normally see wearing underwear and campaigns actually aren't our best customers. Yes. So what will it be? Best customers, not the right word, but they're not the, the, like the, like the most important customer cohort. And do you think yeah. there will be a time when we're not just seen in campaigns, but we're actually filtered through to e-com, so we're actually on people's websites and we're as the yeah. normal, and that's just a given and it's not not a kind of... It's actually something we're discussing at the moment internally. I don't know if you noticed, but now we just had a new website in October, maybe. Mm-hmm. With the pandemic, time's all over the place. It seems yeah, like a long time ago, but it was only yes. October. And so we started putting on different size models. And then one of the things... So we've got a lot of content. Our pages are now really content-rich. We've got like... Yes. Uh, Core models, full bath models, curve models, um, lots of ethnic diversity. And then the next thing we were thinking is we should also show more of an age range. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we will be, and I think it, yeah, I think it will happen. There's another lingerie brand called Lonely. They went a bit mental during the pandemic with some funny old posts, but yeah. they did some really good campaigns using yes. older models. Yeah, really, 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 really nice imagery. Yeah, so I, I think it's, I think it will come in the way that could it, body shape diversity has sort of filtered through to the mainstream in the last yeah. 10 years I, I think in another 10 years I think age more, more age diversity will be out there that's, that's also did you see the pictures Helen Helena Christensen did for Coco de Mer? yeah I mean she looks amazing yeah I mean I mean yeah. she doesn't look like obviously your average sort of older woman but my god yeah. she looks amazing she really and looks she, amazing you know, but she is an older woman still even though yes. you know, she was obviously a supermodel but still it's still nice to see that she's still rocking it you know? yeah it really is yeah no I love them yeah. and the other yeah. thing I want to talk to you about as well is is your size range because not many yeah. brands offer the um, the amount of diversity that you're brand right I mean what are your you've got a huge amount haven't you of different sizes so we do about 90 bra sizes it's because again it was just to try and be sort of more inclusive so that more women could have options it's really important to us as a brand that these sort of sexier options are out there for you know people who go above a d-cup basically yeah. How difficult is that, though, in the market in terms of, because obviously we talk about asking brands to be diverse and to be inclusive, and, but that comes at a cost for a brand as well, doesn't it? How difficult is that? Is, does that have a big impact? It's really difficult, in all honesty, mm. but I think it's worth doing. Yeah. It's difficult because you can't just make one production run because obviously, well, not obviously, sorry, I say it's obviously because I make bras all day long, <laughs> um, smaller cups will use like thinner elastics, um, not so strong wires. The mesh will have less elastane in it, and you get size breaks. So uh, on the 90, 90 bras, we'd have three size breaks, which mm-hmm. means that's three production lines with three different lots of different size materials and quality components. They all have to be fit individually and graded individually. And then you need to check the size of some of the cross grades and um, check that they fit as well. Um, so it's a big operation. Yeah. And, yeah. and being frank, it's more expensive to make the bigger sizes than it is the smaller sizes yeah. because those components the components one they take more material but also the components tend to cost more money because they're stronger um like the, the elastane in it costs more basically the rubber that makes the elastane cost more money i guess and the the harder steel costs more money and then we sort of but we average the price out so that all the, everything's the same I, but i think that's why maybe some brands are like maybe sort of find it hard to make that step because of the costs the time that it takes to develop 
but it, I think it's worth doing. I think it's it fair. is. I think you're paving the way, and I think, but it's important that the consumer gets to know that, and I think that to understand yeah. what actually it takes to, to get to yeah. where you're at, because it's not an easy task, and I completely appreciate that. But I'm so glad that you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah, interesting. No, no, I, I, I love doing it. Well, it's how we came to be, isn't it? Because we could see that other people weren't doing it. It's like, yeah. wow, fuck it, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the way forward. It's yeah. Interesting, earlier in the conversation, you said that, you know, you you really enjoyed wearing nice lingerie when you were younger and expressing your sensuality. So have you always been really quite body confident and, and free to express yourself and not worry about what the people thought? Yeah, I don't know why, for some reason. I think that's my superpower, yeah. is not really caring what other people think. Like I've never been in any situation like the most beautiful girl or the thinnest girl or the best body or, but I've always just been me and that's okay. <laughs> and yeah. I don't, I, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I did obviously worry about being slim, which is a nicer thing actually about maturing. You kind of feel a lot more grateful for your body, I think. Yes. And appreciative of it and, you know, what a marvellous thing it actually is and it's yeah. still working. But yeah, I, I was pretty, I was pretty confident when I was younger in, in, in going after what I wanted and expressing myself and I just really uh, very in touch with my sexuality I think from when I was like 18 or maybe even 17 18 and it I was brought up to think in a in by my parents were I guess from the 60s uh, yeah. a little bit hippie and they were like you know that's very natural and it's, it's there's nothing to be ashamed of and you know I was very much brought up that, you know, nudity itself isn't inherently sexual. You know, the, we weren't, um, there was no sort of, oh my God, nudity in my house. It was like, yeah. well, it was no big deal. Yeah. And so it was quite, it's quite nice. I, I was, one thing I will say, I find it quite odd when people inherently associate nudity with sexuality. Yeah, that was, I was just going to say exactly the same <laughs> thing. And the fact that, you know, it's that the, the people yeah. tend to think that when you post something for perhaps on social media in lingerie, that yeah. we're actually doing it for a man to get their yeah. attention and it's not about that at all yeah yeah no no it's sort of um I think we've got a long way to go before that 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 shift happens you know I post mm -hmm. my lingerie because a I spent so long not feeling great in my body and now I do I love the fact that I do and it's freeing and I feel really liberated and I love wearing nice lingerie but also I yeah. want to show all the women my age that you know whatever shape size you are mm -hmm. you can feel so it can give you such a big boost can't it yeah no no it, it can it's, it's nothing I've just done a blog actually which is probably coming out later in the week uh, about how to accessorize lingerie as well Ooh. to try and encourage people you know sometimes when you see pictures on social media and everything looks so fabulous and it's just like well you know little things like you know stockings and a suspender is such a simple thing most sets have them available yeah and it's a really easy way to make to really elevate a look or like yeah. a pair of you know statement earrings you know zara make you know costume jewelry quite cheaply yeah and you put on a pair of like flashy earrings with you know a, a nice bra and it can really just so i wrote yeah. a blog about how to you know sort of accessorize things and uh, hopefully to give women sort of confidence to experiment a little bit brilliant well, well once that's out i'll add the link to the show notes as well so people can read that that'd be brilliant oh lovely thank you yeah that'd be really good when it mm. comes to so let's say it's a woman in midlife that's that has because i speak to a lot of women that have lost their confidence as they're mm. as age because they're going through the menopause they're feeling a bit lost they're, they're not yeah. quite embracing the changes their body brings you know i'm going through that right now but it's luckily i've got the confidence behind me now to know that i've yeah. just got to accept that you know that I've maybe changed shape slightly and I've got slightly bigger and it's just yeah. working with that but how do you kind of 
get a woman to go through her lingerie and check that it really fits because that's half the problem yeah. isn't it if a bra yeah if you're wearing the wrong size bra it can alter the whole way you look completely can't it mm. um i think for some reason it's one of the things that actually it's probably my pet peeve about the lingerie industry they make bra fitting out to be such a mystery mm. and they make a big deal about how all women are wearing the wrong size bra and i just don't think women are that daft to be honest mm. with you I think most women know something fits or doesn't fit they might need a little bit of help with the sizing but I don't yes. think there are millions of women walking around wearing the wrong size bra mm. I think it's just a marketing ploy when people say that um but it's not it's not that hard to check if your bra fits or to work out your bra size so if you if you um take a bra that you that you like that you think sort of fits you yeah note the size put the bra on Check the underband. So you don't need to be any expert to know that you know, is your does your underband feel comfortable? Is it too loose? Is it too tight? Mm. If it's too tight, you'll, you'll feel it digging into you. If it's too loose at the back, if you look in the mirror, you'll see it's riding up. Um, so therefore, at that point, you go, okay, the band's either just right, so whatever size this bra is, that's my band size. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit loose. Oh, I'll go down a band size. Oh, it's a bit tight. I'll go up a band size. So mm. there, you, there you've got your band size. Yeah. Then the next thing you want to do is look at the cups. So here you are on your bra. First of all, you're going to check your wires. Are the wires at the front touching your chest? Are the wires touching at the, if you can see it, I'm put down, on yeah, here at the side of your boob? Are they, are they digging into your hair? So that's your wire. The wire should touch your chest. If the wire's not touching your chest, it means it's not a big enough wire. So you go up a cup size. If, again, or if it's digging in, the underbar, uh, your underarm, go up a cup size. If the wires feel just great and your neckline's fine, then you've got your right cup size. But if, if the wires feel like they're too far back at the armpit or the neckline feels a bit loose, then you go down a cup size. Right. That's really all there is to it. Like, yeah. it's not some special rocket science. It's like, is your, does, does your band fit? Does your cup fit? And if it's too small, too big, go up or down one. The only tricky bit is sister sizing. So... Say you're wearing your 34E bra and your band is too small. So you decide to go up a cup, but your cup is perfect. When you go up a band size, you need to go down a cup size to have the same size cup. So your 34E oh, okay. will become a 36DD. Yeah. Because if you have, if you, if you, if you make your 34E become a 36E, you're actually going up a band size and a cup size. Uh, and then the I mean, you can obviously apply that in any direction. It's not, you know, I think there's a lot of time spent making it into a really complex thing when it's not. Yeah, I think, I think most think, women have got enough common sense to know something's too big or too small for them. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, and I think it's a January is a really good month to go through your lingerie drawer and have a massive clear out and just get rid of the things that don't make you feel good and wear the lingerie yeah. that does make you feel good. Plus, have you got a favourite lingerie set? I, oh, I have, I have. No, I was just going to say, just going back to that, don't save your best lingerie for best, just wear Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think... Um, one, one of the little rules I have myself, I have it with all clothes. If you're worried about something getting ruined, you, sh you shouldn't have it. You should only have things that you use and enjoy. So if yeah. you buy a fancy dress, just wear the bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a fancy bra, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, um, there's something really rule. nice. Yeah, there's something really nice about, you know, having nice underwear on, on the, you know, just on a daily basis. And also I think mm. it's that that idea of it's the closest thing that you put to your skin 
every single yeah. day so it's about yeah. showing your 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 body some love really and showing giving it what you know to make yeah. it feel good mm-hmm. so what's your what's your kind of favorite lingerie set I've got a, such a difficult question I know um, <laughs> I mean I've, I mean that means to sound dramatic I've got hundreds of bras yeah because um, I obviously every season I take all the bras that we design yeah and have one yeah <laughs> and I've been doing that for 17 years and I'm also a certified laundry addict, so I also shop with like e- everybody who makes bras. Whenever my husband comes into the room where I keep all my 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 drawers and things, I can't actually get my underwear drawer shut. And he's like, "If the police were here, they definitely think we've been burgled." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know; it's difficult. I think this season my favorite is Wren because I really like its playful promises. Wren, I really mm. like. It's got a um, it's black. It's got a sheer panel on the top cup and on the briefs, the high waist brief and on the suspender belt. And the sheer is so sheer, it almost, um, it just looks like it's skin. Ooh. And then it's got a really beautiful black, heavy embroidered lace. Oh, and lovely. that is sitting over the sheer. So it almost looks like it's floating on the skin. Oh, um, I'm going to go so check that one out. One. It's my favourite this week anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to go and check that one out. <laughs> I would definitely recommend that if anybody hasn't heard of Playful Promises, then go over to um, playfulpromises.com because they've just got such a great selection of lingerie and swimwear as well yeah. coming up for summer now. So my last four yeah. questions, Emma, I could talk to you for so much longer. It's the subject that, you know, you and I have got a lot in common about. But my last four questions that I ask all my guests, starting with, have you got a book that's inspired you? That's a really difficult question. It's a bit mm-hmm. like asking my favourite lingerie set because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read prolifically. I don't have a book that's inspired. My favourite book was probably 1984. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. and I, I'm quite like a, uh, how do you say, anti-establishment sort of person at heart. Yeah. Like most yeah. of us wild designers are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah so that yeah that was uh one of my favorite books yeah um, no, I, I think probably we can probably see lots of uh, references to uh today's life in that bookstore i think i know yes, i know yeah, it's, it's interesting like, like it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be a manual you know no yeah no it's interesting <laughs> and what uh, about a piece of music or a song do you listen to music a lot when you're working don't listen to music when I'm working because I'm one of those people that can only do one thing at one time. Right. So if I'm listening to music, I'm listening to music. And if I'm drawing or designing, I'm designing. But I do love music. Mm. At the moment, I've been really into Leonard Cohen. Oh. Um, so I've been jogging and I have my little jog to Leonard Cohen. I, I find his music very um, romantic. I'm not sure why I listen to romantic music while I'm, uh, <laughs> while I'm jogging. It's calming. It's calming. <laughs> yeah. I'm your man. Yeah. Um, the Stranger song is, is just beautiful, sad. Yeah. Um, uh, the Waltz, the, 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 I think it's called The Last Waltz or something. Um, yeah. And it's in a bar in Vienna. I won't sing to you because I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I, I find his voice very evocative. Brilliant. And what about somebody that's inspired you? Are you inspired by people or certain things that have happened, maybe? or things you read I was very sad yesterday to hear that actually my all-time favorite designer died Terry yeah. Moogler yeah me too yeah but such yeah, a creative genius oh amazing and just not just that he was a design but he did all his own photos and direction mm. and he was yeah. just 
was there anything that man couldn't do creatively? Yeah. It was just so, and he was a ballet dancer, yeah. which I actually only found out yesterday like when I was reading about him. So I, I just, I don't know how I missed that before, but I did. Yeah. Incredible man. So yeah, I'd say that him and Jean-Paul Gaultier are probably my two biggest inspiration design-wise. Well, I can see that. And I can see how you have, because you do push the boundaries with your lingerie. You do try and make them different and stand out and be something that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily yeah. think of in the way you put your colours together and the designs. And I love that. How much fun do you have with the creative side of it? Oh, a lot. A lot. It's, it's obviously the favourite part of my job. Because a lot yeah. of the time I spend, you know, making sure that, the, the things are shipping around the world and that they're you know they're stuck in you know and they get stuck in containers and all sorts of so when I actually get to do the design bit it's obviously yeah. the, the 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 my favorite bit and I'm you know I, I love thinking about usually how I start is I do the color palette first for mm. each brand and then from the color palette I'll work out what shapes I think we need and what what shapes we haven't done and how we could do something differently then I work out what embroideries to design because we usually design our own embroideries too or mm. prints. Then I'll design the collection. It's kind of the yeah. order of events. So how long does that process take from sort of first designs to getting it out there? About a year. Wow. That's a long process then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, because you start getting your inspiration, doing your mood boards, doing the design process, making the first samples. Yeah. And the first samples arrive and then you you have a complete drama because you're a designer. You go, oh my God, I hate it all. <laughs> And then you fit it and you fix it. Yeah. <laughs> then you have your photo shoot. Then you have to make sew it. And then it has to be on a boat for like eight weeks coming mm. to wherever it's going. <laughs> so yeah, it takes actually well, it makes you, process. It makes me appreciate them even more than knowing. Oh that. good. good. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're currently working on spring summer 23. <laughs> right. Oh wow, gosh. Yeah. And you're like, I haven't even seen any sun sun this yes. year yet. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, give you an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. My last question, because I'm trying to yeah. encourage women to be more complimentary about themselves, because I yeah. still find that lots of women struggle with that. So if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Um, you're tough. And that's going to get you. Got, it's got you to where it has now. So thank you so much. It's been a, a brilliant conversation. Love talking to you, Emma. It was lovely talking to you too. And um it's really great all the work you're doing to fight ageism in fashion. I think it's such a, a necessary thing. Thank you. It's just good to be part of the conversation, is it? I think there's lots of us yeah. out there that are really pushing for that change. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Emma as much as I did. I love the opportunity to talk to somebody about lingerie, something that I've become really passionate about, mainly because I, it's been such a big part of my own body confidence journey. In my 20s and 30s, I really did struggle and didn't really treat my body nicely. So I didn't treat myself to nice lingerie. Always felt slightly guilty when I did buy lingerie and spend money on myself because I, I, it was back to that kind of self, lack of self-esteem and not thinking that I deserved it. It wasn't until I reached my 40s that every month I promised myself I would treat myself to a new set of lingerie. And I can't tell you what a boost it gave me every time it came through the post. I was so excited to have it. And every time I wore nice lingerie, it made me really feel good when I walked out the door. So then it became a habit. And now you will always find me wearing really nice lingerie for me because it makes me feel good and how it makes me feel. If anybody else appreciates that, then that's an added extra, but that's not for what it's about. This is about you. This is about you connecting with your body and expressing yourself and your sensuality and what makes it 
you know, what makes you feel good when you put it on? So perhaps now in January would be a really good time to clear out that lingerie drawer, get rid of all the things that don't make you feel good, give them to charity um, and really start investing in yourself because you and your body deserve it. And, you know, I can't recommend Playful Promises enough. I've, I've really become a devoted customer now um, because they always have such a great range and, you know, they are inclusive. And the more we can see older women in lingerie campaigns, the better, because then we can feel represented and we can really start to see that, you know, we, it's okay to express our sensuality. It's okay to wear nice lingerie and we are not out of the equation. So huge thanks to Emma and Playful Promises for really championing older women. Go and look at playfulpromises.com and you can also go check their Instagram page. Their social media page is brilliant at Playful Promises. So um, yeah, I'd love to know your feedback and what lingerie works for you and what makes you feel good. But in the meantime, I'll be back next week. Keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Outer Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at rachelperu1. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. And don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. Until next time, keep being fabulous.